Hi, I'm Elena. Hi, I'm Gaia. Hi, I'm Elena. And hi, I'm Lauren. And we are going to be wrapping up the book Dreamland Burning. And if we would recommend it to anyone and any parallels that we see in our society today. Um, so the first thing I want to talk about is um, William's dad, like how he joined like the KKK. And I was just like wondering, how did that happen? Or what, like what changed? Why do you think he joined? So yeah, I was really surprised because as seen through his business ventures, he didn't seem like the person to discriminate that much against them as other people. Um, I also want to bring up, like, you know, he paid his fee. He did, like, the whole application during, like, the mob, like, in the mob at the courthouse. So, I think, um, I believe, like, one of the quotes was, like, you know, I am a tolerant man, and I am good to Africans, Americans, but I will not stand for armed gangs of them coming into proper Tulsa. And it just reminds me of how people, like, think of the Black Lives Matter movement as well. Yeah, I found that statement kind of contradictory, that quote, because he was talking about how he won't tolerate this and that about them, but the whites are doing that too, and he's not calling them out or anything. I think. He- yeah, I agree with I'm you. <laughs> you can go. Oh, uh, you could go. Okay. I think that um, it's more of he sees it when white people do it as, like, an okay thing, like, and, like, in society in general, it was kind of normalized, but when a black person or a group of black people did it, it was seen as evil because um, it was normalized that they were less than. So that whole, like, kind of thing doesn't really shock me. I also see it, like, in real life, especially with, like, uh, my experience. Like, when I was, like, in school, people would, like, make fun of me to bring in, like, Asian food. And, like, now, like, Asian food is, like, the trending boba. You don't get called out for it. So it's, like, when I do it, it's weird. But when you do it, it's not. And it just just contradicts it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and... I actually saw this video the other day about how certain cultural traits like the clothes that you wear or like henna's or hijabs like when the people do it and also African-Americans natural hair when they do it it's not really supposed to be good but then when American people try copying other ethnic group styles then it's seen as trendy and cool yeah i see a lot in like social media these days especially on like tiktok um yeah on tiktok where did i see it from like do you know like guys like in like hinduism and like do you like wear this like metal thingy on their like head i think i know what you're talking about yeah so like it's like that thing and you know, usually wear for, like, special occasions, but then there were some people who, like, didn't know the culture, and they were trying to, like, rebrand it as their own. Yes. Yeah. And also, like, using, like, sage, I believe. It's, like, this long stick. It's usually used in, like, 
Native American rituals. It's yeah. like really hard to find. White it's sage. like really expensive. Yeah. yeah, white sage. And like Nikita Dragon, she was selling it with her makeup line, and everyone oh. got really mad because it was like sacred. Yeah, like there's so many other types of sage that you could use that isn't like appropriating someone's culture. But of course, she had to use like white sage, which is just. Yeah. and then in relation to like the black lives matter movement i remember do you guys remember like 2017 where like there were like some white supremacists walking up in like virginia yeah i think so Uh, yeah and so people I, i saw a lot of people like you know they weren't condemning that but they were like wow you know but then in 2020 like the protests People were like, oh, no, that's bad. So there's different standards when it comes to different race of people. When in, in reality, those standards shouldn't really exist. I think it's interesting because you can see when um, everyone has something like a common hatred that really brings them together. So um, people like the KKK back then and then nowadays like also white supremacy groups as the KKK isn't as big anymore but other white supremacy groups are it's just like it's kind of interesting to see like how when you have something common to hate on it brings people together it gives like them that sense of unity which is kind of hard I I think it's like kind of hard to get away from for these like types of people well it's like hate and that but it could also like go along with like love right because like Mm -hmm. love brings everyone together and like friendship so i find it pretty interesting on how like different things people could bring each other together whenever it's like through hate or is it whenever it's through love yeah that's a good observation and also and there's also this science thing that says that when you hate someone or when you love someone it goes through the same part of your brain or something. Mm-hmm. So because both part of intense emotion and the opposite of love is not hate, but it's just indifference. Because when you hate someone, then you're actually, and when you love someone, you're thinking about them. But when you're indifferent, then you just don't care about them at all. Um. I also want to ring up with, like, Rowan when she got in the car accident and, like, the detective came. And the detective didn't believe her when he, when the, I believe when Jerry was, like, the, like, the person why she got in the car accident, too, like, called her the N-word. But the police didn't believe her. And I would just want to say, like, how does this relate to, like, the police today? And, like, the double standard. Yeah, it was so heartbreaking and just really unfair that what she said, they didn't really take into account that. They only listened to the other man that was there. Yeah, I agree with you. And, like, it was was pretty sad that, like, he didn't believe her. It's just, like... Um, you know, like, police, they're, like, supposed to protect the people, but in this case, the detective didn't believe her, which, like, it didn't really protect her, since he didn't press any charges, I believe. Didn't really press any charges. Um, do you guys think this accident happened?
how she like burst her bubble well like her bubble was bursting per se do you mean the one that she lives in like where she doesn't really like see all like the racism going on around her yeah like her like her sheltered life you know yeah um in a way yeah i think it really resembles like the last of her ignorance which is like a good thing or a bad thing because obviously no one should have to experience that but um it kind of like you know opens her eyes to what other people go through yeah it's kind of like beforehand she didn't really experience it herself but now she got a real world view on how people act and what happened to Jerry, the injustice that he got, because she also kind of ignored him in one instance, and then because she felt embarrassed that he was just on the streets calling out to her, but now she realizes that it was her own discrimination against him, so she feels really bad about that. what you said that was pretty good and like it kind of reminds me of um also William as well and how like his bubble also burst because like quote unquote it says by a sudden overwhelming awareness of just how fragile the life I knew really was and that's yeah and it's just like oh yeah his like the bubble he was living in was like pretty fragile yeah I almost feel like it was something like um quote unquote identity crisis for him like in the beginning chapters when he talked about his hand felt like anyone else like I feel like he was a little bit scared to realize that African Americans were just like him yeah I agree with you it's cause well a lot of people are like scared of change because you, when you when something changes, you don't know what the possibility is. You can't like, you don't know what your future is. And it's just pretty scary to feel. Yeah, and that would mean that he's no longer in the norm with what society thinks because he's just like, wait a second, actually, what they think is not true, and then he would no longer conform to what they think. Um, so, in the sense of, like, fitting in, when, like, when Rowan went to, like, went to Mama Ray's house, and, like, she said, I fit the meter, I rhymed. So, it just means, like, she finally felt like she fit in, because everywhere else, she really didn't. But now she fit in. So, can you guys, like, relate to that? Well, the video that we watched in, oh wait, that education, yeah, that in that education video that we watched in class, it really opened my eyes to, yeah, maybe these people just hang out with each other on the streets because that's the only people that they feel safe and can really connect with. So our society makes us think that those kids on the street are bad dropouts doing illegal things but through that video we could really see a new perspective that maybe it's just because 
they feel like they belong there. Yeah, I agree with you, because, like, um, ever since, like, a long time ago, humans, they've always wanted to, like, live in a community. They always want to be around others that fit into them. And when they're down, it just feels awkward a bit. And so I could see that with Rowan. Yeah. So have you guys ever had an experience like that? Um, maybe? I'm not sure, but, like, (laughs) um, I don't know. When I came to the school, I didn't really, I didn't really felt like I fit in, because, like, I don't know, like, the vibe was just, it's just, yeah, it's it's just, it wasn't the same as, like, my middle school. Uh, What's your middle school? Uh, I went to Lawrence. Yeah. Wait, where did you go? Uh, yeah, I went to High Park, and I think that, well, so in elementary school, I went to a primarily, you know, like, white school sort of thing, like how a lot are. But then when I went to High Park, everyone, a lot of people there, like, 75% of the magnet kids were, like, Asian. So I felt like I could fit in better there. Yeah, I agree with you. It's like, it's like you know, like, people like to stick together. You can see that, like, in school, like, in school, like, they like to stick together. Yeah. Yeah, I grew up in um, Maine, so I went to elementary school in Maine, and it's like primarily white. I think I knew like two people of color. And when I moved to Arizona, um, I noticed a lot of like difference between um, the lack of racism like on the West Coast and like the internalized and like normalized racism on the East Coast because like there aren't a lot of people of color. So it was kind of normal to be like discriminatory against them, I guess. Um, I find you just said really interesting, um, because, like, you don't, you know, because, like, when you're close-minded, it's because, maybe because you haven't, like, met new people, so when you start reaching out and opening to people, that's when, like, you start to relate and to see that, oh, maybe we're just all the same. And do you guys, yeah, do you guys see any, like, parallels between the two perspectives? Like, between the two books? Well, definitely. Just like how he found out that, you know, Ruby and Joseph and African-American people, they're all just like him. It's kind of like how Rowan found out about Jerry, like, uh, and then she started feeling guilty, like, said before about, Oh, he was just like us, too. I shouldn't have discriminated against him. Have you guys ever had an experience where you thought something of someone and then you realized that you were wrong about it? Uh, yeah, I think, like, because, you know, first impressions really do matter. And so you tend to judge someone on, like, your first impression of them. So, yeah, I have been wrong with, like, the people that I've judged. Because, you know, and people are, like, always, like, oh, yeah, don't judge a book by, by a cover. But it's pretty hard not to. 
And I would say the thing that matters the most is that you're able to change your perspective on them, you know? You're able to look further into what the first impression was, but, like, after the third, the fourth, the fifth, the hundredth. Yeah, and remember that activity that we did in class, the implicit bias test? Um, I wasn't really aware that much about it, but... Once I took that test, it was a real eye-opener because I realized, wait a second, these African-American people being shown, they did nothing wrong that I know of. So how can we just describe them with certain adjectives when they could be totally innocent? So that's totally unfair. Um, yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, um, thing about the implicit bias test, like, it's, it's good, you know, to be like aware of your implicit bias. But what really matters is that you're able to change. So you're able to change your perspective or your biases, you know? Yeah, and as what they say, the first step to getting a solution is being aware that you have a problem in the first place yeah i agree with you um i guess i want to talk about like after high school like you all go into like different directions and stuff like you see how like william he moved to like kansas he wants to start over and so just yeah. like we all start out the same but what like what changes us like why like do you see this in real life what makes us like go into different directions well, it's definitely the environment that you grew up in, just like uh, based on your environment, based on the home that you're in, they're going to teach you certain society things. And whether you're on the short end of the stick or not, they're going to tell you, like, be careful. There is a world out there that might discriminate against you or if you're white you may or may not grow up in a home with parents that teach you everyone is equal, don't discriminate, or you might be in a home where they say these people are bad, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I agree with you. I'm like, I understand like where you're coming from, like how that can be an influence, but like with a lot of things that my parents believe in, like I have completely been the complete opposite of them. Like they've been super far on one end and I'm super far on the other end. And I'm not exactly sure where I got my influence from. It might be the people I'm around. It might be the people that I surround myself with. But I consider what I believe in to be, I wouldn't say a lot better, but you know what I mean? I just, I feel like not only like who you grew up with, but like kind of where you grew up and like the different experiences that you have, like seeing racism and like being like, oh, I'm noticing that, like, you know what I mean? Versus, like, here's what they're telling me. I've never seen it. I've never experienced it, but I know it's wrong. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's definitely not only what they tell you, but also your own personal experience and what you go through and what you see. Yeah, and you could see this in, like, the book as well, because, like, both of them were, like, pretty sheltered, but then, like, as they started to, like, meet more more people, like, get their own life experiences and so on so forth that's when like they started to change yeah 
homework, I guess. You could say that they started off that way. Like, William, he was surprised that his father would even bring, like, an African-American inside and stuff when the other stores weren't doing that. So, at first, he kind of was in his sheltered beliefs. But, yeah, once he got the life experiences, meeting Joseph and Ruby, then that's when he started to form his own opinions about things. And also in the beginning, his friend Cleet, his quote-unquote friend Cleet, was like, are you going when, about the Addy situation with Clarence? Cleet was in his ear saying, you're not going to let him get away with it, are you? So also who you surround yourself with. Yeah, I agree with you. And I want to bring up until another question and see like in like the book, you guys can see like, see, like, what I highlighted. Um, basically, there's, like, um, Joseph ran over this dude, and then, not Joseph, uh, Will ran over this dude, and then the dude started, like, calling out racial slurs to Joseph, and Joseph, like, got his gun and was about to shoot the man, but he ended up not to, and he, and quote-unquote, he said, I spent all my life forgiving white folks, Will, he said, and I'm very... And I am very, I am so very tired of it. And so it's just, how much pain does it take it to all stop, you know? How much pain does it take until, like, everyone snaps? Yeah. Do you think that that's what's going on with the Black Lives Matter movement right now? Yeah, I believe it's going on, like, right now. It's just, like, how much, like, how much people need to die before it stops, you feel? Like, how yeah. how much more? Because, like, this issue has been going on for, like, hundreds of years. It's, like, it's a pretty complex situation as well. So there's no right or wrong answer, you know, because in the end, you know. Uh, okay, so it's, like, when you're, like, the looting, looting is bad, okay? Like, stealing but at the same time, if they didn't do that, they wouldn't get, like, this national coverage as it is now today. But it goes against your morals. So, in the end, it's not really a win-win situation. It's more which one is, like, better than the other, other um, which one, which answer is better than the other. Which one's, like, the best answer. Yeah, because as much as we want to live in a world that doesn't have any of this, what we can hope for is the best thing that we can do. Yeah, I think we need to be, like, optimistic and, like, be hopeful and, like, try to find, like, the best answer for all of this. You know what? Only time will tell, you know? And I don't think this problem is not, it's probably not going to be solved in my lifetime. I feel like it's going to take a long time to. So, I mean, we could be in the right direction, but it's going to be a long time before this problem is solved. Also, like, okay, when Will ran over that man, like, he didn't leave him on the street. (laughs) And he said, for that moment, I realized how very much I wanted to be a righteous man. Just like I told Vernon Fish those many weeks ago. And a righteous man would never leave another human to bleep out to 
being to bleed to death on in the street like how do you feel about this would you have left him on the street i'm gonna be honest i probably would have left him out the street because like if he's like cussing one of my friends out and like saying mean stuff uh yeah, yeah i think i would have yeah. left him on the street <laughs> yeah I was waiting for someone else to say it. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, me. I'm not. That's that really bad. Okay, that that's really bad, and I know it's bad. But like, come on, man. Yeah, I think it would also depend on the circumstance. Like, if I was really um, depending on how much time I have to get to the place. Like when I was reading that. All I could think about was hurry, hurry, so that you don't get caught and stuff. Yeah, me too. I was just like, come on, they gotta like chop, chop. Can't waste time. Um, am I? I mean, am I a righteous person? No. Um, (laughs) (laughs) no. Would you do the same or not? Yes or no. Well, depending on the situation, I think if I had a lot of time. Yeah. And yeah. also, yeah, depending on, like, how you would bury it. Like, if he's just on the road and I have no idea where to put him. So, it just depends. Like, should I just leave him there because there's no nowhere else <laughs> to put him? Like, will he just rot on the street? Like, <laughs> But, like, if there was actually, like, a place to put him, I'll probably, like, bring him over there. But I don't know. Me too. Um, also, at the church, um, you know, like, you know how, like, Christianity, you're, like, treat others, like, how you would treat yourself? And, like, the people at the church, they were, like, helping the African-Americans and, like, basically having them, having, like, a refugee-ish is it really a... F- I don't know. I think it's like a refugee-ish place, you know, for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the people who also... Who are also, like, doing the writing and stuff, they're also Christian. And so, I just find it pretty ironic because of that. Wait, doing the writing for what? Wait, what? Wait, doing the writing for what? Oh, like the, the right. Wait, what writing? She's saying doing what writing, like writing. Way. Oh, oh, right. Oh, I thought you said writing, and I was just like, what writing? <laughs> oh, I thought you said writing. Oh, oh, rioting. Oh. So like. Oh, 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 okay. oh, <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Okay. Um, I guess it doesn't. So you as a person, I think this shows it's not about what religion you're a part of that makes you a good or bad person. It's about the individual people because in every religion and every race, there are always going to be some good people and some kind of bad ones too. Yeah, I agree with you, and I, like, I see people, like, justifying their beliefs because of their religion, and, you know, that's not a problem, but it becomes a problem when you're, like, justifying your beliefs for others who, like, also don't believe in the same religion as you, mm-hmm. and so, uh, yeah, I find, like, that becomes a big problem, because if you're, like, believing for yourself, like, that's fine, you know, you do you, 
but once you like uphold those uphold those beliefs to others who don't believe it uh, i think that's where like the problem begins what do you guys think about the ending and would you recommend this book to anyone else um yeah, I would recommend this book to, like, my friends who want to read it, because it was actually pretty interesting, you know? Yeah, it was so cool, the parallels. Yeah. But- um. Also, um, I also want to bring up this fact. It's, it's, it doesn't really relate to, like, you know, Claire in, like, the beginning of the book? No, and, like, when he saw her, she was like, she's not really that pretty, but she's pretty in her own way. And then he ends up marrying her. Like, what? What? <laughs> Didn't he call you ugly? Didn't well, he call her ugly? That shows how, like, the more that you... That might be his first impression. But the more that he got to know her, see her good heart, helping those people, then, you know, he can see her in a different light now. Yeah, I agree with you. I guess, you know, it's, like, the personality that matters, you know? The looks yeah. aren't everything. Honestly, I found it kind of pathetic how he went through all that work and Joseph ended up dying drowning. <laughs> I know, right? Like, for real. It was so sad. I was just like, why? What kind of, why? Why did it, why did like, it end like that? After all of that... Yeah, I was just like, "Damn, you know, he he didn't get to live out his life. He was going to be a doctor. Come on, man." Um, I found the ending. It was a bit. It was a bit rushed. Like, yeah, boom, hit on head, and then, yeah, yeah. The ending was not my favorite. It could have been laid out better. I think it was just yeah. It was just pretty sudden, you know. And it's just like, oh. Um, Did you guys learn anything from this book? Um, I would say so. I think that um, it was quite interesting to get, like, another kind of um, point of view than my own or someone else's, like, someone, like, in real life. You know what I mean? Because it's not so personal. If that makes any sense. Yeah, this book demonstrates also personal growth. That you you do have the power to change what you believe. Yeah, I've also learned that, like, you know... Um, you can still change. You can make change. Yeah, and you have the capacity. Even if you don't think that you can make a difference. Like, William could have just been, like... Um, just one person, whatever. He he helped save so many people, and all those people working together saved so many African Americans. So I guess don't think that you don't matter or anything because one person can help out a lot of people. Kind of like the righteous Gentiles in the Holocaust. Some people saved like thousands of Jews, and they're just one person, so you can really make a difference. Um, this also relates to like the PBL in general, like how you know you can make a difference. Yay! Yay!
thank you for listening to our last discussion on Dreamland Bernie. And unfortunately, we will not see you next time, but we had a wonderful time doing this podcast together. Bye! Bye! <laughs> Bye.